It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Only one thing. It's Retro Chat. How is everybody doing today? My name's Andy Evans coming to you <clears throat> from what sunny way. Well, it's not really sunny Weymouth. It's quite cloudy out there. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Retro Chat podcast right here on the MOS network. Uh, I'm not actually live. You might think I am. We're streaming it as live. I'm currently on a train on my way to London. Uh, which means I can't do the show live, but I'm giving you, and I wanted to be here at eight o'clock to present the Retro Chat podcast with you. Uh, how's everybody win? How have you been since last week when we did Jackaleska? What a great interview that was featuring uh, the legend that was Jack Aleska. Jack was there talking all about his career uh, from the worlds of entertainment, from uh, the new adventures of He-Man to Mask, to Heathcliff, one of the greatest cartoons ever, to a lot more. And then, of course, this past Sunday, uh, if you've been checking out the YouTube channel, there was an exclusive bonus episode, which was remembering Leonard Nimoy and a look back at the career of one of the all-time legends within entertainment, of course, known as Spock on Star Trek. Well, tonight we're going to keep that star trek feel going because we're going to be talking not only about relics which was an episode of the next generation in season six but we're also going to be touching on the batman uh because the batman you know one of those movies that's just come out that really has kind of taken the world by storm i went to see it uh, on release day more on that in a second uh, i'm going to be giving you my thoughts on the Batman. I've also tried this new virtual background out, which I don't know if it's working, but hey, there we go. So how have you all been? Have you had a good week? I've had an interesting one. Uh, all, all happened when I tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, two years I've been uh, able to avoid that bug. Uh, and in the space of uh, 24 hours, my entire family, including my three-year-old, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Luckily, we're all okay. We're all testing negative now, uh, which is great. Hence why I'm on a train on my way to London to uh, do some work over the next couple of days. But I hope you've all been well. I can understand how everybody has really struggled uh, with COVID now having it. Um, even though I was asymptomatic, it still did throw me about a little bit. So, um, you know, really good to have got over that so well. And uh, a thank you to Lee and Lawrence because they knew uh, and uh, sent their well wishes. So uh, I'm not crying. I have a sty in my eye. Hence why I'm wearing my glasses. Let's look at what we're here to talk about. So Relics from Star Trek The Next Generation was an iconic episode because it was the second time in which a cast member from the original series uh, the third time, sorry, in which a cast member from the original series appeared on the show. Of course, if you're looking in order, then you have to go to the first episode, the pilot, which was Encounter at Farpoint, where Bones, DeForest Kelly, made a cameo appearance walking down the aisle with Lieutenant Commander Data. Following that was Unification in Season 5, the two-part episode, um, which featured, of course, Spock, Leonard Nimoy, and then you had relics. Now, a lot of you are going to be saying, well, what about Sarek? Sarek was in the episodes. Yes, he was. And yes, it was Mark Leonard. But I'm talking about the crew 
of the the original Star Trek series, the crew of the original Enterprise, uh, not the supporting characters, as important as Sarek was to that show. So as we said, Relics was the 130th episode of The Next Generation. It was the fourth of the sixth season. And set, as we all know, in the 24th century, it followed the crew of the Enterprise D under the command of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, who discovered a Dyson sphere, which was proposed by Freeman Dyson back in 1959, and in doing so, discovered Montgomery Scott, of course, played by the legendary Jimmy Dewan. Now, it was directed by Alexander Singer, it was written by Ronald D. Moore, and it featured music by Jay Chataway. It premiered on October the 12th, 1992. It was preceded by an episode called Man of the People, and it was followed by a true horror episode called Schisms. If you've never seen this episode of a track called Schisms, check it out. It's quite, it is, for, for the time, quite horrid. So what's the plot of the story? Well, the Enterprise, responding to a distress call, discovers the nearby Dyson Sphere. They trace the distress call to the USS Genolan, which was a Federation transport ship that had been missing for about 75 years, which they then find crashed on the sphere's outer shell. Commander Riker, Chief Engineer LaForge, and Lieutenant Wolf transport over the Genolan while the Enterprise investigates the sphere. As with all good engineers this was going to be focusing on LaForge and he discovered that the Genolans transporter has been jerry-jigged to sustain two life patterns within its pattern buffer on an indefinite basis. Unfortunately one of those was too far degraded to be recovered. Geordie reverses the process and restores the remaining signal which turns out to be former Starfleet officer Captain Montgomery Scott. Back aboard the Enterprise, Scotty explained that he was only a passenger aboard the Genolan during his retirement. But when the ship was caught in the Dyson Sphere's gravitation, gravitational field, only he and one other officer survived the crash. Scotty then rigged the transporter to keep them alive until a rescue vessel could arrive. Once he'd been checked out and approved to be released by Dr. Crusher, Scott was eager to see the ship's modern technology, but he found that his old knowledge had long been surpassed and his efforts to help are instead getting in the way of normal operations, really kind of showing that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He had an unfortunate altercation with Geordie in engineering where he was ordered to leave because he basically got in the way. He then headed to 10 forward and is dismayed to learn that real alcohol is no longer served on Starfleet ships, having been replaced by Synthahol, which, quite rightly, Scott refuses to drink. Data, just happening to be in 10 forward at the right time, uh, offers him an unknown green beverage from Guinan's private stock, which he takes to the holodeck, and he recreates the bridge of the Enterprise, one of the most amazing scenes to see uh, as a longtime Trek fan to suddenly see those doors opening and the bridge of the NCC 1701 in its glory and, and looking just like it did 
uh, back in the original series with the sounds and the beeps and the whistles uh, was just chilling. You know, it did send chills down your spine. And Scotty went on to that and was reminiscing. Captain Picard joined Scott to offer encouragement after hearing his difficulties in adjusting to life in the 24th century, to which Scotty declares himself a relic of the past. Now, Picard reveals that the green drink that Scotty's got is Aldebaran whiskey that he actually provided to Guinan, and the two then share the bottle. And there's a great sign, a great scene, where Scotty says, not the bloody A, not the B, not the C, and not the D, of course, referencing the five versions of Enterprise. The next thing that you see in the episode is Jean-Luc in his ready room with Geordi walking in. And I love this because, you know, it, it's Picard saying to LaForge, look, I'm not ordering you, I'm not telling you to do this, but um, I am heavily suggesting that you work with Captain Scott and you enlist his help in recovering the survey data from the Janolans. And that was because he wanted to use Scotty's knowledge of Starfleet technology from his time frame. So, you know, Geordie does that. He goes to the Janolan with Scotty. They're looking at the systems and the Enterprise discovers a port on the side of the Dyson Sphere. But when they try to communicate with the systems, the ship gets caught by the automated controls and is pulled into the Dyson Sphere, temporarily disabling their systems. Now, they were able to recover control of the ship before it collided with the star inside the sphere, and they find that the star is unstable and emitting large amounts of radiation, which will be lethal to the crew, and surmise that the sphere was long abandoned by its creators due to that reason. The Enterprise quickly realizes that the only exit from the interior of the sphere is the port they used, but they can't figure out how to open it from their side. When LaForge tries to make contact with the Enterprise, he discovers it's missing, and by working with Scott, he makes the Janolan flight-worthy. They discover the same port the Enterprise found and surmise that the Enterprise is actually trapped inside. So using their engineering prowess and their knowledge of combined of over 75 years, LaForge and Scott managed to open the port without being pulled in and then wedge the Janolan in the open port using its shields to keep it open while the Enterprise escapes, rescuing the two engineers from the Janolan just before destroying it with photons. And there's a great scene where you see Picard going, energize, fire. As the Enterprise returns to its mission of seeking out new life and new civilizations, the crew of the ship gives Scott a shuttlecraft, which is on extended loan, to either continue to his retirement or to explore the galaxy. Scotty thanks the crew and reminds LaForge to make the most of his time as chief engineer of the Enterprise before he departs. What a tremendous episode. Uh, it's just so cool because it just, it bridged the gap between what had happened in the original series and Scotty through to now. And little did we know that only 18 months later in Generations would Scotty appear once again within the next generation. But what was production? 
The initial shot when Scotty's holodeck recreation of the Enterprise is shown was actually taken from the original series episode, The Side of Paradise, and it was composited into the episode via a blue screen. The part of the bridge where Scotty and Picard have their conversation was actually built new. The command chair and the helm console were provided by a fan by the name of Steve Horch, who originally built them for use at Trek conventions throughout the US. The exterior shots of the spacecraft of the Janolan was actually a modified model of a shuttlecraft that had appeared in Star Trek VI in Discovery Country. That model was made by ILM, or Industrial Light and Magic, and it was also the basis for the runabout shuttle that you would see in DS9 from 1993 through to 1999. And the Aldebaran whiskey prop used in the episode was made using the real beverage High C Ecto Cooler. This episode of Trek was up there as being one of the most fan-favorited episodes and most well-received episodes of all time. In 2012, Wired magazine said this was one of the best episodes of the next generation. In 2016, Radio Times rated Scotty's scene on the holodeck recreation of the Enterprise as the 18th greatest scene in all of Star Trek. And it elaborated on that by saying it was an effective and poignant reprisal of Jimmy Doohan in his famous Star Trek character. In 2017, Den of Geek ranked Jimmy Doohan as Scotty as one of the top 10 guest stars on The Next Generation. The praise continues. In 2016, The Hollywood Reporter ranked Relics the 62nd best episode of all episodes of Star Trek up to that point. They were impressed by what they called a great script from Ronald D. Moore, backed by good acting performances from both Jimmy Doohan and LeVar Burton. Medium ranked it the 54th best episode of Next Gen in 2017. And in 2019, The Hollywood Reporter ranked it among the top 25 episodes of Next Generation. Variety listed Relics as one of the top 15 episodes of TNG. And in 2019, Dead of Geek ranked this the fourth best morality play of the Star Trek franchise. The episode was released as part of the Season 6 DVD box set in the US on December the 3rd, 2002. And a further DVD release came as part of the Best of Next Generation Volume 2 on November the 17th of 2019, 2009, and it exclusively in the US. That also had tapestry, cause and effect, and an episode that means a great deal to me, and we'll cover it uh, one episode, The Inner Light. A remastered version of, uh, of this was released on Blu-ray on June the 24th of 2014. But there was more about Relics. Because Michael Jan Friedman took the episode to the next step. He novelized it. Star Trek The Next Generation Relics expands upon the holodeck scene. It recreates the original bridge crew from their youthful heyday, which was originally in the episode script, but was cut from final production as it would have been too expensive. He had some backstory to why Scotty was on the transport ship, including interaction between Scotty and the other engineer, Franklin. He also adds a subplot where an away team beams down onto the original habitable interior surface of a Dyson Sphere. In the audiobook adaptation, also by uh, Michael Jan Friedman, 
the scene on the holodeck occurs as in the TV episode, and the original Enterprise's bridge crew don't appear. The novelization of this episode was published by Pocket Books, and it was one of five to be made of next-gen episodes, including Farpoint, Unification, Descent, and All Good Things. The next-generation novel Dyson Sphere by George Zabowski and Charles Pellegrino was published in April of 1999 as a direct follow to this episode. It, I mean, it's just everything you would want from a Star Trek episode. It mixed the humanity of Scotty. It mixed the it mixed the despair of the guy for not being able to, you know, manage out of his time. But it's also more about that because it also has a bit more of a humanitarian effect because it goes to show that actually you could be at the top of your game uh, in your own time, but, you know, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. It's very difficult to, you know, to do that. And Scotty portrayed someone who was really suffering in respect of his mental health. Geordi came across in some ways of this as, as the bad guy, you know, because he wasn't considerate over Scotty and Scotty's needs. Check it out. Check the episode out now on Netflix. It's one you're not going to want to miss. Cracking little episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Really standalone. You can pick it up and watch it. And it's great seeing the interaction of the cast and the crew as well. All right, the next thing we're going to touch on uh, here on the retro chat is the Batman. Now, the Batman came out this past week, came out on Friday, uh, already scoring some rave review. It has an 89% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes with an 86% on the tomato meter, uh, which is giving it the level of fresh. But what do we think of the movie? Well, the movie, I think, is really unique. It was long. Don't get me wrong. Um, it ran for two hours and 56 minutes. And I'm not going to go into spoilers here. But what I liked about it was the fact that it took it back to basics. It took it back to what a Batman movie really should be about. The detective side, you know, it's very modern. It's very up to date. I love what they've done with uh, Robert Pattinson. And I was really against him being the Batman. I didn't think he was going to be any good at it. But he brings an, an era, an air of moodiness that I don't think we've seen before, even, you know, surpassing potentially that of Christian Bale. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is Selena Kyle and Catwoman. Tremendous performance by her and a really good chemistry with Robert Pattinson. And you're, you're wanting them to Will they, won't they? You just want them to, to, to take it to the next level. Colin Farrell as Penguin is unrecognizable. And the makeup artist did a tremendous job in sorting him and making him look different. Jeffrey Wright, who plays Lieutenant James Gordon, absolutely tremendous. Loving what they've done with him. But for me, there are two stars of this film. Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler, and John Turturro, who plays... Uh, Cormin Falcone. The Riddler is insane. But 
what is so cool about it is the fact that they've really kind of taken the Riddler character, turned it on its head, because it's not the Riddler that we all know. Uh, it's not the Riddler that we're used to seeing on TV or, or in the cartoon or in the comic books. It's a very darker Riddler. It's a very maniacal. Uh, it's a very, what's the word, evil, <laughs> if you will, um, Riddler. And, and he's insane, absolutely insane with the mask and the way he tries to convince people about his crusade and what he's doing. It's terrifying in a way. And he truly believes that what he's doing is for the greater good. I mean, there are some tremendous special effects in this without going into spoilers because it's only been out a week. Um, so I don't want to do that. So switch off if you don't want to hear any more about the Batman. That's why it's a non-spoiler review of the film. It is a long run time. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I was struggling towards the end of it. I think it could have been finished about maybe 30, 45 minutes earlier. Um but if you go and watch it for what it is, it's a tremendous detective film and it's definitely setting up the plot going forward. Now, there is a, a major spoiler at the end of the film, uh, which I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to obviously detail to you right now, but that clearly sets up where we're going to go in season two. Now, already in just under a week of being released, the film has grossed in the US one hundred and thirty four million dollars now according to what i'm looking at on rotten tomatoes the streaming date for this is going to be april the 19th of 22 in the us that's going to be cool so we're going to be seeing it uh, on stateside a lot earlier and i can't wait to get my own copy of the batman when it releases you can order it actually now on 4k blu-ray uh, from amazon.com available now to do it all right. What do I give it? I give it a retro set score of a literally nine out of 10. It was a great film. The only reason it didn't get a 10, too long, in my view. You know, I, I went to see it at half past eight on the Friday night. I was with a mate of mine. Um, and there were parts of it where you could feel your eyes dropping uh, be, because it was just going too late. But I think if I watched it again, I'd go earlier. You know, more like the half six, seven o'clock mark. I'm getting old, guys. That's that's why. Um, but it's a tremendous film. You know, really, really good. And uh, I would recommend it. Nine out of ten. Go see it. Don't miss it. It's one that you want to see on the big screen. It's one that you want to go to the theatres to watch. Otherwise, you just miss out on, on certain aspects. And I'm going to go see it again uh, to find out some of those bits that I missed the first time around. Oh, and it's an incredibly violent, great film. Gotta love it. Tremendous. All right, the last topic for today is uh, still Star Trek related, but we're going to be touching on Star Trek Picard because season two kicked off last week in both the US and the UK. You can watch it every Friday on Amazon Prime, releasing at around 8am. And Star Trek Picard, the first season had a bit of a dodgy reputation. It didn't get quite the critical response that it wanted. But I tell you what, that got blown out the window, season two, episode one. To quote a friend of mine, this felt perfect. 
it was possibly one of the best, if not the best episode of Star Trek released. It had everything you wanted in it. It had, it had Starfleet ships, perfect storytelling. It had content. It had camaraderie. It was Picard back to being Picard. It was a crew with a purpose. It had Guinan, had the beautiful bar called Ten. Love it. And they had the scene at the end involving Q. Now, I was a bit worried about when this series was coming out and they said Q was coming back because, again, it felt like they were just rehashing old Next Generation storylines. And were they trying to go to the well once too many times? But this reunion, if you will, between Q and Captain Picard felt perfectly natural. The trial never ends. It's exactly what he said at the end of All Good Things. So it doesn't matter how many years it's been. It doesn't matter what Picard's gone through. It still never ends. And they've linked it right back to the next generation. I am so excited to see where the next 10 episodes of Star Trek Picard go. And I hope, genuinely hope, that they keep the pace and they keep the value of the episode is what they have done so far. Right, that's it for me. That's it for the Retro Chat podcast for this week. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can do. All you need to do is visit us on social media. And to do that is very simple. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at the Retro Chat podcast. You can tweet us at Retro Chat Pod using the hashtag back in time. And you can watch us on YouTube at Retro Chat Podcast UK. Or you can listen to the audio version of the show on all good podcast providers. All you need to do is search for the Retro Chat Podcast. Don't forget that our other sister shows um, are on the network as well. So every Tuesday from 8 p.m. on the MOS network, join Tez for the Ministry of Horror. And every Sunday, join the Ministry of Slam live. Lee and Lawrence for all of the action of the Ministry of Slam. In fact, let's go find out what the Ministry and the MOS Network is all about. Join the MOS Network, the home of the Ministry of Slam Pro Wrestling Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. UK time. We bring you all the latest wrestling news, fun segments, and of course, we bring you classic wrestling interviews from the last 20 years. The only people that really have taken shots at us are, are the people that are really avid WWE fans. We are also the home of the Retro Chat Podcast. Go back in time with Andy Evans every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. UK. And don't forget the Ministry of Horror show with Tez every single Tuesday, where he looks back, brings in special guests, and looks at the history of horror. The MOS Network is an awesome community for wrestling fans, pop culture fans, and people who like positive energy all around the world. Come and make friends with like-minded fans 24-7 in our exclusive Discord community. Gaming and music streams. Come on. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. And for you audio listeners, we also have the Ministry of Slam on the podcast feeds. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you check out your audio podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling wins with the MOS Network.
I don't think wrestling wins. I think entertainment wins because the MOS network is the place to be. That's it for me. I will see you next week with more Retro Chat goodness. Uh, stay tuned to social media to find out what we're going to be talking about then. But until then, I will see you all very soon. But for now, my name is Andy Evans. I will see you next time. Bye-bye.